So, I wanted to talk a bit about running. And why? Because people make running sound hard. I mean, I, I listened to the Get Up and Code podcast about running and how to start, and I, I read stuff online and so on, and people start off really well, but sooner or later they always tend to fall off some kind of cliff and start talking about stuff which just sounds difficult and, you know, time-consuming and demanding lots of careful balancing or, or whatever. Well, I'm pretty certain I'm going to fall off that cliff myself before this is over, but I wanted to at least try and give yet another side to the whole thing about running and probably knocking down more than a few wide open doors in the process. So just who am I to talk about running? Well, to get into the spirit of things, I run and that should be enough about that. But Anyway, I started running reg regularly. Mm, I'm from Sweden, can you tell? I started running regularly in 2006 and I very, very slowly increased how far and how often I run. So and Nowadays, in 2013, I run pretty much every other day, year-round. I roughly run half marathon distances, not too uncommonly, maybe once a month or so. And um, my longest runs have been uh, the two times I participated in a race called uh, Leon Ragdon, which will be in the show notes, as they say. And uh, that's uh, 50 kilometers long. So I go anywhere from 5 to 50 kilometers, basically. And I've also ran uh, 30 kilometer races a couple of times. So I feel like I have something to say when people talk about running. And uh, yeah, that's about <laughs> more background than you wanted, probably. So, what do I want to get to here? Well, okay, for one thing, uh, I wanted to get to the fact that speed doesn't matter at all. Uh, I'll talk about a lot of things which don't matter in this. That's basically the whole thing. Running is much simpler and less demanding than people make it sound. So anyway, I will probably say run a lot in this, but that is no indication of how fast someone is moving. Speed is totally relevant. Uh, what really matters is finding a speed which feels good for you, not for someone else, just for you. Uh, not for me, my speed isn't your speed. And, uh, and once you find a speed which feels good, you can play around with it. I mean, you can go slower on those those days when things are just a bit slower, heavier going. And you can go faster when you feel like it, but the actual speed which you're moving at at any given time, who cares? And related to that, I mean, speed doesn't matter. Also, goals don't really matter. I mean, you can set them for yourself if you want to, but for me, not setting goals and definitely not stating them far and wide to people has been much more important. I feel much more productive, I think. If you find the fun in running, you, you will keep doing it. And perhaps for some people, that might be actually setting a goal and working really hard toward it. But it seems to me, and I've seen the odd TED talk and stuff saying the same thing, that if you make big goals, and especially if you state them to people, you're actually less likely to get somewhere and uh, a much better idea is to just start working to, toward something. 
just taking the first step. And uh, I mean, the first steps, that's really what running is all about. It's always just about taking one step, then one step after that one, and then another one after that. But it's always that one step, the one next step. And it doesn't matter. You, you will stop a couple of times. But if you haven't set a grand goal of covering millions of kilometers and running six hours per day or something if you haven't set those those goals you can't really fail you're always ahead because you're you're always moving and no one has any expectation of how fast or how far you should be moving and then once you are moving you can start thinking about how you run and if you're interested if you feel like it you will gradually improve for as long as you want but you don't have to make grand goals for that it's I mean, if you don't have a goal, you will notice that even though you, you're not aiming for it, things will get easier from time to time, from run to run, and especially when you don't notice it. But if, if you look back, you can, you can easily tell that things are flowing much easier. Uh, it's easier and easier to get out. It's harder and harder not to get out sometimes. And, and you'll find your speed is actually picking up too. <laughs> and speaking of getting out on runs and not getting out it's i've noticed that i've actually worked uh, a lot of daily habits in around my running so when um, if something prevents me from running for a couple of days i've noticed i actually have to plan and remind myself to take a shower because i always shower after running and i run often enough that i don't need extra showers in between usually same thing about shaving uh, if i if i don't run and shower at home i have to schedule shaving coming back to the, sp the speed and regularity and just starting somewhere and working toward it uh, the thing which made me start start running regularly those six years ago six seven seven um uh, 2006 yeah, what the thing which made me start running again in, back in 2006 was starting to work as a developer. I had been studying before and working extra and biking between places. And then I, I got a job and I sat down. And uh, over eight months, I gained about one kilogram of weight per month. It's about two pounds per month, I guess. And then I... I started realizing that perhaps moving about would be a good thing. But I, I didn't actually start running right away. Uh, what I started doing was walking to and from work, which was about 20 minutes one way, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a nice, a nice comfortable walk in either direction. And it's, it's, it's a good thing. And after that, I thought maybe some more m movement while I'm at it is good. It, it's, it's nice to gather your thoughts and be outside a bit. So I started adding an extra, extra round to my to my way home because on my way to work I just want to get there. So shortest possible, straightest possible line. But on the way home I have more time and it's nice and relaxing to be walking and get some fresh air. So I started adding a few, an extra loop of a few kilometers. And then on one uh, sunny day around Easter I was walking that extra round. Uh, on a day off and it was nice and sunny and 
not not too warm, not too cold. And I suddenly I really, really started to feel the urge to, to run for the first time in years, easily. So I was walking back home uh, as, <laughs> as quickly as I could. And uh, was I was worrying the whole time that the urge to, to run again would, would pass before I got home and could get into some better running shoes I still had. When I say better, I mean uh, three-year-old uh, trainer shoes of some really cheap kind. Uh, <laughs> luckily, the, the urge uh, remained while I got home and changed, and then I ran the same round, the, that extra loop of a few kilometers, really slowly, really carefully, and uh, taking care not to uh, run too fast, but just just run and enjoy the feeling. So it's more like a slow jog, really. But like I said before, speed doesn't matter at all. It's just doing it and finding the joy in it. And I, I really enjoyed it that time. And then, of course, I felt a bit strained and had a few blisters and stuff like that for a few days. But once you get used to that feeling, it's it's a pretty nice pain. It feels like your body is uh, adapting and adjusting and picking up slack. So that got me started again. A few days later, I ran the same round again, and it felt even easier than the first time. And then I just kept going a few days after that again. And a really, really important part, again, not setting goals, not making a big thing out of it, just just doing what feels good. And connected to that, I, I feel like it's really been an advantage to me. Even if I haven't thought about it actively myself very often, it's, I think it's been a really good thing that I've been able to run on my own terms pretty much my whole life. Uh, back when I was small and living at home, and my, my dad used to take us for a run sometimes. Um, and <laughs> when I got into my teenage years, I started realizing that I actually liked running myself, but... I had to get over that hump of admitting that I could actually enjoy something that an adult thought was good for you and that an adult a parent actually liked you to do as well. But once I got after that point, I've always been able to define my running myself and doing it in a way, in a way which feels good to me. And I, I guess I'm, I'm in a really lucky position like that. I, maybe with someone pushing me to run, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much and maybe I would never have got into it. So keeping things in your own terms, it's has been a really important thing for me. And and, I, and again, I think that goes hand in hand with not setting like public goals. Uh, setting big goals would have put pressure on my running, which I don't really feel I need. I I can become competitive with myself and trying to beat my own times sometimes, but even that is more <laughs> more mental pressure than I need. It always feels better when I just tone it down and relax and. Again, look for the joy of running instead of making some kind of competition out of it. That also goes for running races. I mean, that's really fun in itself. It's it's a special atmosphere with lots of other people running at the same time. I mean, I usually run alone otherwise, but participating in a race, it's it's nice and a special kind of feeling and all those that sound of thousands of feet running around you and stuff like that. But it also brings out that feeling of competition. And I think that was a really big thing. I've actually never run a marathon, but instead I ran uh, this uh, Leon Bragdon 50 kilometers. And why is that important? It's it's a huge difference to me because, uh, for one thing, it's a much smaller race. It's very personal. It's very nice. <laughs> uh, 
it doesn't hurt that I know the people who arrange it. Uh, but it's a smaller race. It's lots of more personal feeling and lots of people also, in that case, running twice as long. There's a 100-kilometer distance, which is the, the really the classical one. The, the 50 kilometers is more uh, an e easy entry drug for people like me who don't dare take on the full 100. Uh, but I think it's important that it's not a marathon, marathon distance because marathons are huge. They're everywhere. And if I was to run a marathon, I, I would be thinking about what kind of times people usually perform a marathon in, how, how fast people usually run, and it would feel like much more of a competition. I, I might feel disappointed by, with myself needlessly if I didn't uh, live up to a perceived time goal or something. So keep, keeping distances odd is probably a good thing for me too. And then there's the preparation thing in itself, to focus a bit more on that. I mean... That's that's really a, a key point about running as, as well and how simple it is. I mean, look at yourself right now. Are you alive? Are you? Great. Then you can go for a run. And uh, I've been thinking a lot, for a long time that from any given point in a day, I mean, to get something to hold on to or some kind of level to, to strive toward, I guess that's a goal. Maybe I should change that. Anyway, I've been thinking for a long time that from any given point in any day, I know that I can go for a half marathon run. I can run 21 kilometers and finish it. I mean, it, it wouldn't be my greatest run ever. It would be really annoying to have to put down stuff right now and run 21 kilometers. And, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. And why is that important? Well, for one thing, it feels pretty darn good to think it and be reasonably certain that it's true but but it's much more important to to remember that it it, it reminds me that all all this yak shaving all, all those preparations and things you need to do first before you can go for a run all that stuff it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i mean clothes clothes are good if anyone is easily upset along the path you're intending to run and of course shoes are pretty good i like shoes uh, but Really, shoes are good for a bit of protection. It's this isn't a sport about materials and toys and gadgets. It's just stepping outside and putting one foot in front of the other at a pace quicker than walking. And I mean, if you can find a pace to trundle along it, which doesn't totally wear you out, you can go for as far as you want. Really, uh, I mean, for the longest time, I just ran in a random T-shirt and some <laughs> bathing trunks and. Eventually, I was given my first uh, functional T-shirt, whatever that's called in English. I was told that now we never want to see you run in a cotton T-shirt again, which is nice. Uh, I don't think I've actually run in a cotton T-shirt since then, but really, the difference is nowhere near as large as you might think, you know, switching kinds of clothes. It's it's kind of nice because they wash, wash easy and uh, dry fast and stuff like that, but for the actual running... Eh, eh, Nice to have, but not important at all. And that really goes for everything about equipment. Really, again, about the speed. I mean, if you, if you can walk a certain distance, you can run it. And that saves you a lot of time, too. I mean, working, walking 10 kilometers is really perfectly survivable without special preparations. I mean, you can go for a walk now, and that means you could go for a run as well. Again, it's not about speed. It's just about moving 
and feeling good about it. And you might even save some energy by running instead of walking. So just find a pace that keep that feels good and keep listening to your body. That's the rest just falls into place. All all this about equipment and eating and preparations is one of those things which really annoy me when yeah when it, that really makes things sound too complicated. Uh, I was running this race called uh, the Midnight Run, Midnight Slop at once. It's it's a ten kilometer run. It's arranged yearly in a couple of cities in Scandinavia. And it's held in August, uh, and <laughs> disappointingly, it doesn't start at midnight. It starts about at about ten p.m. At, but anyway, it's lots of people. It's ten kilometers, so it's a nice fast run. It's cool because it's at night and it's dark and it's a really fun atmosphere. And anyway, when I was picking up my picking up my stuff for, for the race after registering, there were lots of, for one thing, ads about about uh, recovery drinks and uh, sugar and uh, power bars and whatever, and also those huge warnings about make sure you drink enough before and after, and keep a keep a good balance of liquids and stuff like that. And is there any better way of making running seem difficult and dangerous? I mean, the secret is that anyone can get through 10 kilometers if they want to and feel just fine afterwards. I mean, if you, if you have a massive heart problem or something, you probably know about it. And if you don't have it and don't think you have it, you probably don't need to worry. We're kind of, kind of good at running as humans. So that kind of stuff just makes me tired. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, I've I've never really got into the habit of drinking or eating anything when I run, except for those uh, half-marathon races I've been in. When it's been warm, I've, I've been drinking because it feels good. When my when my body starts to feel too dry and too warm, I make sure to drink. And of course, when I run the 50 kilometers, it's, it feels pretty good to get some energy in, but you, you, you feel it. It's not like your body is about to shut down because you didn't eat that power bar before you started or... And it's not about, it's not like you will break down if you eat too much before starting either. Again, it's about stuff falling into place and not overcomplicating things. You can also think about it uh, in the way that most of us have at least, <laughs> unless we're dangerously thin, we have uh, quite a few kilograms or pounds, I guess, of fat in our bodies, and each each kilogram of fat is good for. Yeah, probably about two days of uh, light exercise. You could probably run for at least a day on a kilogram of fat, and you have some of those. And when you run, your body burns fat for energy, especially when you start to run low on carbohydrates. So, I mean, you don't you don't have to worry that you have enough energy to get through. You don't need to prepare with carbohydrates or extra sugars or whatever. I mean, eat what you feel like. And that's also one of the nice things when you start to read up about uh, longer distance running, uh, ultra marathons and stuff like that, longer than marathon distances, is because you run into all those people who run these really long races and suddenly everything starts seeming simpler because they, they say stuff like, yeah, yeah my, my, my advice is to get up as late as possible before the race sleep for as long as you can and then have this really big breakfast because energy is good and you don't need all that light stuff and you know don't need the quick energy so eat a good big breakfast and 
I, I, I very much did that when I ran uh, Leonbragden the last time. I got up a few hours before start, probably a bit too early actually, if uh, those experts are to be believed. But anyway, I got up and then I had this large hotel breakfast for at least an hour, an hour and a half, you know, refilling your plate a couple of times, lots of bacon and eggs, wonderful. And then I went out and I did my best best 50 kilometers ever. It was really good. So things get more sensible when you run longer, it seems. Or at least the people doing it. Maybe it's because there aren't as many professionals and not as much money involved. So no one's trying to push the magical 100-kilometer uh, shoe or the magical 100-kilometer diet or something. It's, uh, it's all much more human. It's the same thing if you read Born to Run, which... I haven't. I I would recommend reading it. It's it's a good read. Uh, I don't know if it changes your life if you're not interested already, but if if you are interested in running, I think you will enjoy reading it. And it makes you feel like just going out and run, and makes you feel like keeping it simple. The same thing about made me think of the old Pragmatic Programmer book. You know, if you haven't heard about it, it's one of those developer things. Uh, it's famous, but there was a there's a lot of things about keeping things simple and uh, how success is often just doing simple steps over and over. And there's this old story, it's probably from somewhere else, about someone asking at Eton College about how you get a perfect lawn. And the gardener says, it's easy, you just brush off the dew every morning, mow them every other day and roll them once a week. And that's all? Absolutely. Do that for 500 years and you'll have a nice lawn too. So, I mean, running is just getting out, putting one foot in front of the other repeatedly, and then doing it again when you feel like it. And you probably start feeling like doing it more often if you do it well. Then on to a bit about stuff, gadgets. I mean, there are, this isn't a material sport, but there are gadgets, and they can be fun, but again, you don't need them, really. You don't, you don't need them. I have picked up some stuff like the Function T-shirt, but like I said, it, the difference from a cotton T-shirt is, mm, it's probably there somewhere, but it certainly didn't affect my time. And also it felt kind of fun to be running in these really old, <laughs> old washed out T-shirts and uh, bathing trunks and, and passing by people by with Function T-shirts and tights and uh, water bottles and what have you felt more more in touch uh, I would say though that sometimes there can be I mean you can of course find good sides about using certain things uh, and for me one of them was using a, a heart rate monitor and a GPS watch I mean the GPS watch is of course fun because I get to find out how fast I ran and I can also see on a map how, how far I ran and where so I don't have to figure it out myself which is really good because I'm such a creature of habit and I want to know how, how far I've ran and at what time. And with a GPS watch, I don't have to keep track of it myself. So suddenly I, f I feel more flexible. I can go for detours and try new paths without feeling some kind of compulsive need to measure and guess how far it was when I get back. So, so there, a GPS watch, it's, it's kind of good <laughs> to break my own compulsions. Um, but a heart rate monitor was was fun. I used that for a couple of years and uh, it's 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 pretty good to be able to 
start to make the connection between uh, how you f- how your body feels and how 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 hard your heart is beating how how hard how frequently your heart is beating uh, because it starts to make a mental connection between a sort of actual indicator of uh, stress and uh, how you feel and you start to notice that there can be big differences sometimes you feel like you're trying really hard but your pulse is really low and other times you feel like you haven't really hit your pace yet but your pulse is really high and that can remind you to step it down a bit because if your pulse is already high it won't do you any good to try to push yourself farther you might be falling ill or something but so so i, I that's got me thinking about uh, the connection between pulse and how the body feels so it started to form more connections in my mind and sort of to, to make it sound fancy brought myself brought me more connection with my body and how it feels and i think that's the thing that stuff like gadgets whatever can help you with if if you're interested in picking up some new signals and thinking about them some gadgets can help you and the same thing even more so is about uh minimalist running shoes because that's something i'm uh, i like myself and it got me thinking about this the positive sides of gadgets because the thing is that minimalist shoes are kind of in it's it's a new hot thing and uh, uh, it's all the rage about how you can change your 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 stride to be land more on the front of the foot and minimize impact and stuff like that and uh, minimalist shoes are the key to doing this and uh, they help but but the thing is that it's not the shoe the shoe doesn't do anything uh, the important part i think about the shoe is that it removes a lot of a lot of adjustments a lot of isolation and it brings your foot more much more in touch with the ground you you feel much more which with each step and if you if you are interested in thinking more about how you step and adjusting your steps these shoes really help because you have so much more sensor feedback you have so much more to notice and for me it put put a new dimension or another dimension of, of fun in, into running because suddenly i was able to think much more about how i was stepping and where i was landing and uh, what i was stepping on and uh, suddenly there was this whole a whole new sensor sensation of being in touch with the ground it's it's like it's like you had been wearing uh, really thick gloves your whole life and suddenly you're able to, t- to touch something with your bare hands there's there's, there's just this whole world of of uh, sensations really and when you start thinking about that and you start to you can you can start to realize that oh if i put my foot down like this it feels much better there's just this this flow here and if i put my foot down the other way uh, it feels kind of stiff and perhaps it even a little bit achy but but I, i never would have discovered that in the same way with a more cushioned shoe because that hides so much of the information so I, I and I realized that I could definitely have made all these changes in any shoe. It's it's just that I was thinking one path, and these shoes give me more information to work with if I'm interested. It's really like uh, those 
those older Hawthorne studies with the Hawthorne effect, which uh, is talked about in like sort of economy classes, I guess. I'll put a link somewhere. It's it's about uh, studies which try to increase the efficiency of workers in factories, and they realized after a while that what what really increased productivity was being paid attention to. It didn't matter that much if they raised the lights or lowered the lights for the workers in the study. The fact that they were in the study and they were being paid attention to and were in a special situation, that made them perform better. So I think that's the same thing with many gadgets as well, and especially shoes. If you're interested and start paying attention to something, you will start to think about it. You will start to work with it, and that will make changes. It's not... It's not that the the shoe itself is magical or that you have it to run in minimalist shoes or something. It's, it's that if you're interested in thinking about one area and start thinking about it, you will improve. And when you when you start running and you keep thinking about stuff, you, it changes after, after you think about it. If, if you can't put words on something or if you can't formulate thought, thoughts about it or have never thought about it, you can't really improve it either. But once you start thinking about something, you can improve no end. Okay, there's one more expression that I wanted to throw in there because it, it helps me to think about things and I feel like it wraps up things in a, in a certain way I find nice. And it's an expression from software development, uh, the world I work in. And it's uh, premature optimization, which means uh, basically trying to improve something long before you know if it actually needs improving or if the improvement is actually going to be of any use to someone. And the usual case is trying to make something faster just because you think it is slow uh, before you even know if it actually is slow or even if anyone is going to notice the difference. And uh, to me, all this stuff about uh, eating and drinking and using the right shoes or the right way of running or the right kind of equipment. All that is an enormous black hole of premature optimization compared to all the stuff you gain from just going out there one more time and putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, there are extreme cases where it actually makes some kind of miniature difference if you... Uh, had the right amount of uh, energy drink before or after you run or some minimum difference to your rate of recovery or muscle building if you've eaten the, just the right amount of proteins 25 minutes after finishing your exercise. But once you get to that level, you will notice yourself. And before that, it's just a waste of time, basically. could be fun to think about, but don't spend time reading Lots of advice. Perhaps you shouldn't even listen to this podcast. What do I know? And that, that to me is actually a part of the beauty, a part of the thing I'm after here is that there is nothing magical. There, there is no silver bullet to, to running or enjoying running or becoming good at it. There is no silver bullet. And that could of course, sound negative to some people, but that's really the beauty. There is no silver bullet and you don't need one. All you need to do is get out there and Put one foot in front of the other and find the fun in doing it and listen to your body while you're doing it. I guess that's about it, really. 
uh, <laughs> I probably fell off the wagon a couple of times, but again, what I wanted to say is that running is really, really uncomplicated. You get out, you put one foot in front of the other, you find a pace which suits you, and then if you enjoy it, you start, you do it another time, uh, shower, think about it, maybe you stretch a bit. I'm really bad at stretching too, by the way. It doesn't seem to matter that much either. It feels good though. But it doesn't matter which speed you have. It doesn't matter if you have goals or not. See what it feels like and adjust after how you feel. Just find find the fun of it and do it on your own terms. It doesn't matter what anything, anyone else is doing or how they're doing it. And especially not what they're eating before or after. Eat something which feels good. Have a beer. It's so wonderful to have a beer after you've been running. Oh, it's so worth it. Because when it comes down to it, you're, you're not trying to get fit to be able to run better. You're, you're running to feel better. And no stuff. Less stuff. Just think about what you're doing. Have a good time. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm to stop now before it gets even longer. Right, there will be show notes. And if anyone has any feedback, I would love to hear it. I'm at, on Twitter as at B-J-O-R-E-M-A-N. And there will be plenty of other ways to reach me in the show notes or in whichever website I put up around this. So thanks for putting up with me. And I, I hope we get something interesting out of this.